feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, the deadline has passed for the evacuation of northern Gaza. This is now a wait-and-see game, as everyone is wondering, will the Israelis begin the ground invasion? And they could do it at any moment. Again, the deadline has passed. They had given a 24-hour notice and said, get out of northern Gaza essentially saying, we are coming in. They have already been pounding it from the skies, and they have said that their goal is to obliterate the terrorist organization Hamas. Also, we know that on the other side of that border, between Gaza and Israel, there are hundreds of thousands of Israeli troops amassing. We know that tanks are there, and they are certainly preparing for what looks like the biggest ground assault coming from Israel. Also, in the middle of all of this, the Hamas terrorists telling the residents, stay put. Israel saying, get out. We're about to bomb. We're about to come further from the ground. And yet on the flip side, we're hearing from the Hamas terrorists that they're essentially saying, stay put, civilians. Obviously, they want to use them. As human shields, they want to use them as propaganda. If they really cared about their citizens, they would say, get out, move to the southern part of Gaza or leave the area entirely. But they're not doing that. They are urging the citizens to stay put. And of course, right now, Israelis, Americans and all freedom loving nations around the world are saying, where are the hostages And that's what they're trying to locate right now. They believe that most of those hostages are in tunnels underground because they believe there are miles upon miles of those secret tunnels that the Hamas terrorists have been using and were transporting goods and weaponry. And they believe most likely that is where the hostages are. And, of course, at this hour, 27 Americans killed, 14 unaccounted for and likely terrorists uh, being held by them and pray for those hostages because this is going to be tough stuff. And if you thought things look bad, uh, this is going to be right now a very bloody and a very brutal phase that is about to begin at any moment. Meantime, in Times Square in New York, there are dueling protests. There are pro-Israelis and then there are those on the Palestinian side, uh, some of them chanting just really downright vile rhetoric. First off, here's a little bit of some of the chants coming about freedom for Palestine and no mention of Israel. And then the rhetoric 
got very, very insightful. Take a listen to what else was said. Israel, you're committing genocide. Let's get this straight. Israel was invaded. Israel was assaulted. We also know that we've seen these images and heard so many stories from eyewitness accounts of those who have been killed, those who have been raped, even babies murdered, beheaded, shot in the head also, execution style. I mean, these people are barbarians. And so tonight, there is word that a Hezbollah is prepared and ready to join the Hamas fight. This is where it's going to get really scary and really ugly because Hamas is bad enough on its own. And then you got Hezbollah from the north and they have much more sophisticated weaponry. They have much more precision guided munitions, uh, much more even financing from Iran as well as Hamas, as we know. But if it's coming from two different directions, trying to squeeze Israel all at once, this is going to really get very, very serious. And even Israel, which has a superior and sophisticated uh, military might, that is going to be a tough thing. And they're going to probably try to coordinate it. And there is word again that Hezbollah is, quote, prepared and ready to join the Hamas fight. Uh, so, so many developments tonight. Meantime, also, the U.N., through all of this, still is not labeling Hamas as a terror group. Is there something I'm missing here? Is there something about beheading babies and raping women and, and opening fire on civilians, including at a music festival, where now we're finding out through intelligence that some of these guys dressed up as police officers at that music festival, which was designed to promote peace in Israel. And as the individuals heard some gunfire and started running away, they were running toward police officers. And guess what happened? The police officers opened fire on them because they were really Hamas terrorists dressed up as police officers. So this just shows how conniving and how much planning went into this and how much plotting went into this and just that their whole mission was terror. Also, NBC News is reporting tonight that some secret documents that they have obtained show that Hamas's plan was to target children's hospitals and also schools and playgrounds. They were doing it for maximum terror. Is there anything about that you've heard that says that this group is not a terror group? I mean, this is just shameful. What the heck is the U.N. doing? Why do they even exist if they won't even condemn Hamas and they won't even call them a terror group, they won't even sanction Hamas, put on your cojones and start showing the world some leadership. That's what UN was designed for. This is incredible. 
And then we also have the President of the United States, who did an address in Pennsylvania today. And so he starts a little bit by talking about Israel. First, he made a little joke, which was just completely unseemly. There's nothing funny about today or this moment in history. He spent, I don't know, maybe about a minute. And then he starts getting into clean energy, climate, and Bidenomics. Let's just move on. Listen to this. This is our commander-in-chief. United States stands with Israel. Secretary of State Blinken was in Israel yesterday, and Secretary of Defense Austin is there today. We're making sure Israel needs to defend itself and respond to these attacks. It's also priority for me to urgently address the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. At my direction, our teams are working in the region, including communicating directly with the governments of Israel, Egypt, Jordan, and other Arab nations, and the United Nations to surge support in humanitarian consequences for Hamas attack to help Israel. You know, we have to, we can't lose sight of the fact that the overwhelming majority of Palestinians had nothing to do with Hamas and Hamas's appalling attacks, and they're suffering as a result as well. This morning, I spoke with the family members of all those Americans who are still unaccounted for on a Zoom call for about an hour and a 10, 15 minutes. They're, they're going through agony, not knowing what the status of their sons, daughters, husbands, wives, children are. You know, it's gut-wrenching. I assured them my personal commitment to do everything possible, everything possible to return every missing American to their families. We're working round the clock to secure the release of Americans held by Hamas in close cooperation with Israel and our partners around the region. We're not going to stop till we bring them home. Folks, now for the reason to be here. Secretary Granholm, no one's more enthusiastic about building our clean energy future than you are. And we also, I've, I've got so many friends here today. Pennsylvania delegation, Josh Shapiro, Governor, Mayor Kenny is an old friend, one of my closest friends in the Senate and, and in politics, Bobby Casey. Representative Brendan Boyle is always there. And I have Governor John Carney from Delaware and Tom Carper. Two of the best people I've ever worked with. And New Jersey delegation, Donald Norcross. I kid Donald all the time that Delaware is small, but we own the Delaware River but the high water mark in New Jersey. <laughs> By the way, there's a lawsuit that that happened, actually happened. Anyway, but, uh, and he couldn't be here, but Cory Booker is a good friend, and he's on, who's on the ground in Israel. And when the attacks occurred, from everything he's doing to support the people of Israel, and I also want to thank him for pushing so hard for the projects we're about to talk about. And Governor Phil Murphy couldn't be here either, but he's also a strong, strong supporter. And one thing before we get started, let's go Phillies. You watch that game last night? Yo! Between the Phillies and Eagles, man, we're, it's, it's a good year, man. It's a good year. That is stunning. Did you hear he spent about a minute on Israel? He had more emotion about let's go Phillies than he did about fighting Hamas. He also started the discussion saying, you know, that we have to look out for the Palestinians, that the overwhelming majority of Palestinians are innocent. And there are a lot of innocent Palestinians that are dealing with Hamas controlling Gaza. So that's correct. But. It was so bizarre 
What about saying we will stand with Israel? We will wipe out Hamas. I wish he had the same fervor that he did about the Phillies as he did about going after Hamas. I was waiting for him to make a joke about ice cream. What is wrong with our president? Does that inspire the world that the U.S. is being tough on Hamas, that the U.S. is being tough on its backer, Iran? Does that inspire Hezbollah that is now saying tonight that they're planning to get ready to join the fight to say, no, maybe we shouldn't because the U.S. is going to be really tough against us. They're going, boy, this president's a pushover. And that really saddens me as an American. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Al, line three. Uh, Al, this is shocking that our president, that's the best he could pull out today. Hey, let's go back to clean energy and climate. Are you kidding me? I know. It's really, it's really pathetic, Rita. You know, Rita, I just want, it is pathetic. I mean, he's talking about the Phillies and here we are. We're going to have, uh, unless things change, uh, war rage in the Middle East. And, uh, like you said, the troops are lining on the border there. And it looks like, you know, mobilization will happen soon. But I wanted to say, as you pointed out last week, it's so true. I remember about a decade ago or even longer when the people, uh, the Palestinians in the West Bank, they had a choice to uh, pick Abbas, who was Arafat's successor, or go with Hamas. And they chose Hamas in the vote. So, you know, you get what you vote for. And it's unfortunate now they... Probably it's probably so true that they can't leave that area, and uh, so they, you know, it's a, it's a sad situation. You know, you're you're right. And listen, I do feel bad um, for there are so many innocent people that I'm sure would love to get out, and they're probably being strong armed to stay at this point. Um, but you, but I'm glad you reminded me of that because I did talk about that last week that it it was considered uh, by all accounts, and it sounds like it legitimately was. A, a democratic election. It wasn't like in some countries where, you know, you know that you don't have a choice, you know, of who you're going to vote yeah, yeah, for, you know, course. quote, democratic. Or, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But in this case, it seems like it was a bona fide. You're right. They had a bona fide choice and that's who they chose. And and it's not like there's any gray. It's like if somebody said, uh, you know, OK, uh, I'm going to pick, uh, you know, Stalin. Uh, do you want to pick Stalin or would you like to pick a, uh, you know, somebody who loves peace? I think I'd be, I, there wouldn't be a gray. And, and I say that to you because right. Hamas has always been very transparent who they are. It's not like they masqueraded as some peaceful group. They've always been a terrorist organization with terrorist tactics. So, yes, so it's, you know, so, so you're right. They had a choice and they picked them. Um, you know, I don't know if they all understood what that choice meant, but, but they clearly, uh, should have known what the choice meant because it was a very obvious choice. Um, and, and I hope that they do get out. I, I worry oh, yeah. what, what I think is going to happen now, though, Al, is that they clearly, Hamas, is going to try to, they want as many people to stay because obviously they want to use that to say, oh, Israel, you shouldn't come in here. You shouldn't bomb here or look who you killed. Uh, you look at all these civilians that happen to be in the same right. room as the bomb maker, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's going to get really ugly, Al. And, and I, I worry that people who already don't have a moral compass and, and are saying, oh, Israel's the aggressor. I, I don't, I mean, which is inconceivable if you look at obviously clearly what's happened here. 
Um, but I worry what's going to happen as it gets really ugly and as, um, and as, you know, they have to go in unless there will be, uh, obviously a lot of civilian casualties because they've got to try to first get the hostages out. They got to get to all the Hamas masterminds and they have to wipe Hamas off the face of this earth so they don't come back again. And that's going to be a big messy step, but they have to do it because if they don't, they're going to be dealing with them, you know, again and again and again. They got to secure that area. They have to. They have to. Al, thank you very much. It's great to talk with you. And, of course, pray for Israel and uh, pray for freedom. Uh, we're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this very busy Friday night. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Resort living can be yours with 361 days of sunshine when you live at the residences at 400 Central in St. Petersburg. Now under construction, call 727-205-851. It's the Rita Cosby Show. been talking about the underreaction, I would say, from the White House in every shape or form, whether it's getting tough on Hamas, whether it's getting tough on its main backer. Its sole existence comes through Iran, and they're afraid to mutter the words. And then today, the president has this moment, and he starts laughing, talking about cheering for the Phillies. Uh, where is the fire in the belly? And the world is watching. Here is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Look, this administration has underreacted to the moment. I'm glad they're providing armaments to Israel. That's fantastic. I credit them for that. But where were they on October 7th? Where, where were they? Where were they in October of last year? They didn't invite President uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu to the White House. Right? Right. These are all symptomatic. This is symptomatic of a failed relationship with our partner and ally in the region. And make no mistake, the, the whole world's watching this. The Gulf Arab states could see we weren't partnering with Israel as closely as we did in the Trump administration, and so they began to hedge their bets. And what has happened today is the result of Iranian activity. It is it is they who should be held accountable. But the Biden administration's policies set the set the tone for this moment. And here's a little bit more because he said, "Ah, you know what? This looks like Afghanistan all over again. The dismal, pathetic withdrawal, leaving American and allies behind. The fact that we're in this place, the fact that deterrence against the Iranian regime and and we shouldn't make any mistake about it. This is the Iranian regime that is at war with Israel today. Uh, they, they lost they lost the front foot and we lost deterrence. And this is where we find ourselves today with Americans dead, eerily reminiscent of Afghanistan. 
we, we need to know that the administration, we need to know that this administration is serious. You know, you, you were saying they won't tell us about how many Americans there are. Harris, I remember the work and the reporting you did when they wouldn't tell us about how many Americans were trapped in Afghanistan, too, hoping that would just wander off the news cycle. Um, this is fundamentally indecent, what happened is. This was barbarism. This was Iranian barbarism. They won't utter those words because it puts them in a place where they have to act. And the truth is the world needs to react. We need to take this on board in a way that recognizes that, that what is happening here is historic, that the fact that Hamas, the wholly owned subsidiary of Iran, has now killed not only thousands of Israelis, but dozens of Americans requires a United States and we'll take your calls, everybody, when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from Niagara Falls, New York, where a police officer responding to a fire at a home rescued a woman and also her dog. Niagara Falls police and fire units, as well as ambulance crew, were dispatched to a home Early in the morning, just about a day or so ago, upon reports of a structure fire with a possible entrapment of an individual, the police officer got there first and reportedly kicked in the front door, entered the residence, and was able to locate a woman halfway up the stairs between the first and second floor. He was then able to get her and her dog out of the home to safety. Now, fire crews and rescue crews soon got to the scene. They assisted with the fire suppression and critical ventilations. The chief of the fire department said that a number of firefighters sustained injuries because the flames were blazing. He added that conditions in the home made it extremely difficult for firefighters to move from one room to the next as they searched for the source of the fire. The officer is being heralded as a lifesaver as he immediately located and extracted the woman and her dog, got them to safety despite massive smoke and flames coming from that entire home. And bravo to this great law enforcement officer and his quick thinking, saving her life and also her furry friend. Well, we are talking about the situation, of course, in Israel uh, word is that Gaza is now bracing for an Israeli ground invasion. And everybody wondering what is taking the Biden administration so long with evacuations, with also saying this is imperative that we support Israel. They have said that. But then in the same breath, there are reports that the Biden administration is telling Israel to go slow. There's also other countries coming forward and saying, uh, let's have a ceasefire. That's like saying to New York after 9-11, after the planes go through the building, hey, could you have a ceasefire? Is there anybody who thinks that that would be the appropriate response? Are you kidding me? And where is the moral equivalency here? Why can't the good people of the world stand up and say, okay, terrorists bad, good people are good? 
But yet you hear even people in the media, some of them kind of dancing around, don't want to use the word terrorist, say the word terrorist or militant isn't a good thing. One of them, uh, there's a report where they said, well, we should use the word freedom fighter. Uh, no, that's, they're not fighting for freedom. They're fighting for terrorism, terrorism fighter. How about that? This is just so nuts and it's going to get a lot worse and it's going to get a lot more difficult because clearly if the ground invasion starts, which we all believe is going to happen in a matter of days, then this is going to get very bloody. It's going to get very difficult. They're going to have to go underground into those tunnels. And we know already Hamas is telling people, stay in Gaza Strip. Don't go anywhere. They want as many people around them, around their military sites, around the locations where they're housing these hostages, including Americans. They know what they're doing. They're using them for propaganda. They're using them for human shields. And they just don't even seem to care about their own people, which is really, really sad. And that's why things are going to get really messy and really difficult. But Israel has to take out Hamas. Meantime, here is former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who spoke with me and John Katsimatidis earlier today on our great show, Cats and Cosby. Take a listen. This is a time that we have not seen since the Holocaust. Uh, you know, those young children who were burned and babies and killed in, in um, the kibbutz, I was just there in February 22 taking a number of members. And I'd just been to Israel in May speaking at the Knesset for their 75th anniversary only the second speaker to ever be invited to do this. But what we have found is this is Hamas and they must be destroyed. But this comes directly from Iran. You can't ignore one of both of those. And something that the president needs to do, the $6 billion is one thing about freezing it, but the billions of dollars that Iran gets comes from this administration not enforcing the sanctions that are already in law. When President Biden came to office, Iran was only producing 400,000 barrels of oil a day. Today, they're producing 3 million because you won't enforce it. And you got oil at $100 a barrel, they're making billions of dollars. That is how much they are now making. They have never made so much, Iran, in oil sales as they are doing now. And yet, wait a minute, why don't we just enforce the sanctions that are supposed to be against Iran. We were talking with Larry Kudlow earlier tonight, and he said the U.S. is funding Iran. The U.S. is funding essentially Hamas right now, if you think about it, because they have not enforced the sanctions on the oil that Iran is selling. They're selling everywhere around the world unfettered. And because Biden has cut off our oil supply here in America... The world is looking, where can they go? And Iran is the big seller. So Iran's selling the oil. They're making bigger profits on oil than ever before. And what do you think they're doing with their money? That's what they're doing to use to buy all the weaponry. And they are funding Hamas. They're funding Hezbollah. They're funding other terror groups. So we're essentially funding it because we won't even enforce sanctions that are on the books. We're not even asking the Biden administration to do anything, uh, you know, innovative. We're just asking them to do what makes common sense. Why would you not clamp down on Iran right now? That is unconscionable. And for some reason, this White House, listen to John Kirby, who's, of course, with the National Security Council. Here he is at the White House this week. And listen to this bizarre back and forth with him and a reporter. 
he's being asked, what's going to happen to those $6 billion? Now, we're talking about the $6 billion that the Biden administration has said they were giving to Iran to unfreeze it, if you will, only as they claim for humanitarian purposes. And that was when there was that prisoner swap, essentially paying for hostages. We got five. They got five, and then they got $6 billion unfrozen. Of course, the White House wants us to believe none of the money's ever being touched. There's reports that now Qatar and the U.S. have made some sort of quiet arrangement that they won't be moved yet. But they know the money's sitting there, and they already got the green light that this administration is a pushover. And regardless, it sends a message of weakness. And this for some reason, White House won't even acknowledge that. Listen to it. Like, the minute the war broke out, they should have come out publicly and said, first of all, we made a mistake saying we were ever going to unfreeze that money. We're freezing it right now. We're going to freeze assets all over the place. We're, we should have been doing sanctions all this time. We're going to start doing that. And maybe we'll consider going after Iran nuclear sites. Boy, that would be a wake-up call. They're not doing any of that. Listen to this sort of wimpy response Back and forth at the White House with the reporter and, again, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. What is the status of the $6 billion that Iran was set to have access to? It's still sitting uh, in the Qatari Bank. All of it. Every, every dime of it. Is there an agreement now to, in essence, withhold it from Iran? Should they come asking for it? None of that money has been spent, and I have no updates uh, to provide today. Was a decision to reach a quiet understanding with Qatar about whether or not it would be accessed by Iran made because of the attack or political pressure recently? I'm not going to talk about diplomatic conversations one way or another, Ed. What I can tell you is that every single dime of that money is still sitting in the Qatari bank. Not one of it, not one dime of it has been spent. I'd also remind... Because this, you know, I, I, in certain audiences, inconvenient facts are easy to forget. <laughs> the re- regime was never going to see a dime of that money. And this account, although it's moved from South Korea to Qatar, was set up by the previous administration for this exact purpose. In fact, I think it was back in 2018, the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, actually talked in quite some detail uh, about how this money and these accounts could only be used for humanitarian purposes and that there was going to be oversight. We've done nothing different. It is the same process. All we've done is move that funds from South Korea, where for some technical reasons it wasn't accessible, to Qatar, where it is more accessible. All that said... None of it has been accessed by the Iranian, uh, by uh, by Iranian, uh, by by Iran at all. And even if they had accessed it, it wouldn't go to the regime. It would go to approved vendors that we approved to go buy food, medicine, and medical equipment, agricultural products, and ship it into Iran directly to the benefit of the Iranian people. Is there anybody out there that actually believes that this White House would have the ability to monitor that money? And money is so fungible. They knew that they had a pushover in this White House, and that gets me very upset, not just right now, but for other future conflicts. It's the same thing as, oh, if there's a minor incursion, I'm not really sure. And the next thing you know, all those hundreds of thousands of Russian troops went into Ukraine. So, I mean, give me a break. By the way, Russia is probably very happy today with what's going on because you know that they're close to Hamas. So is China. And so in the middle of all this, 
of course, Russia is starting to really get aggressive with Ukraine because they think the eyes of the world are now on the Mideast, which, yeah, they are because it's on fire. How do you like uh, the situation in the world right now under this president? What a time of chaos and what a contrast to what it was just a few years ago. And meantime, John Kirby also, for some reason, again, doing this word salad because they refuse to acknowledge, despite multiple reports from senior Hamas officials and even Iranian officials, that they were tied to the attack. There's a whole bunch of different media attacks out there connecting them. But this White House seems to be playing cover for Iran. Listen to this. Can you give us an update on the intelligence about Iran's role in this? Anything changing in terms of what you're seeing, um, what the U.S. assesses to be Iran's role? No, I don't have any updates for you. We're still looking into this. But again, no direct evidence that Iran was a participant in these attacks in, 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 in any way. But again, you know, we're still we're still monitoring it. We're still we're still looking at it. Yeah, I'm sure they had absolutely nothing to do with it. They're just the funders, the mastermind, the organizers. There were just meetings ahead of the attacks. There were meetings right after the attacks. They're always the ones who are literally the mother of these. They would never be able to carry out this kind of sophistication with thousands of individuals, coordinated attacks. It's just all circumstance, right? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra. Line seven. Uh, seven, uh, your thoughts, Sandra. Oh, good evening, Rita. First, I wanted to say that um, we have been duped by Biden and Obama. I, Obama is a radical Islam, I'll use the word activist, and that's why they've been giving money to Iran and, um, you know, letting Iran sell its oil and giving the Palestinians money, they give it to Hamas. But what I really wanted to say today is the following. This is important, I feel. I'm outraged about the beheadings of the babies. And, um, you know, at first they were saying it's misinformation. It's not true. But then, you know, several reporters came out and said it is true. It did happen. But you know what I feel in my heart? I feel that we will, Israel will fight with all its might going forward, and they have to. But I do not believe any Israeli soldier would ever do that to any child they come across in the fighting that goes forward. It's almost like if you take two pit bulls, one was trained nicely, the other was trained to do bad things. That's what these Hamas people train their children at a very young age. That's all they know is to kill and to hate. So I believe that our soldiers would never do that to the children. Don't you think I'm right on that? Yeah, I actually very much do, Sandra. I agree. I don't think uh, they would ever do that. I think most uh, anybody in the civilized world would not do that. These are so beyond the consciousness and the uh, so shocking and so horrible and so despicable. And I agree, despite even what's happened now to their people, I do not believe the Israelis would do that. I believe they're just going to go in and try to wipe them out, um, you know, in a war, but not do these horrible, horrible atrocities. Uh, but yet you already see you're, you see already some of the spin. I mean, that's why this is a, this is astounding to me that the U.N., that is such a bunch of wimps, uh, is still afraid to, to call them a terrorist group. I, I mean, uh, where is the gray? I mean, there is no gray here. It's clearly people that go in 
and do, as you're talking about, you know, beheading the babies, executing babies, raping women, going to a music concert, posing as police and then opening fire on a crowd and taking hostages, killing 260 people just in one fail swoop in just that area alone. I mean, these are animals. They're, they're worse than terrorists. You know, I mean, where is the gray? Where is the moral leadership? Get up and start acting like leaders. That's my message to the U.N. tonight. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And the world is bracing to see what's going to happen in Gaza. Meantime, protests all over the world today as these Hamas militants, including from the top of the food chain, the leader, calling for a day of jihad, a day of anger. Uh, there were a number of different attacks all over the country and all over the globe. There was an attack on an Israeli diplomat in China, where he was stabbed, uh, there were a lot of very violent protests. There were a number of other attacks. Uh, but things are certainly getting heated and very emotional. We're going to talk about all of that as there was a big march in Times Square in New York. Thousands of people marching from there to the U.N. mission on Second Avenue, sort of dueling protests back and forth, if you will, and the vitriol getting very heated. Meantime, There are a number of members of Congress. There was Bernie Sanders and AOC coming out and showing their support for Israel, uh, for Hamas, rather, for the Palestinian people, condemning Israel. At a time like this, coming out and condemning Israel. And you're a member of Congress? I know that they're self-proclaimed happy uh, socialists, democratic socialists. Uh, Boy, are they living up to their motto But they should not be, I don't think, in Congress. I don't think he should be in the Senate. I don't think she should be in the House of Representatives. If you're going to have that kind of vitriol, and a number of members of Congress are saying that anyone who right now is condemning Israel and not condemning Hamas, that they are, quote, unfit for office. There's a number of people speaking out because it's just so, it, it is clear It's clear who was invaded. It was clear who was attacked. You can't condemn people being slaughtered. You can't condemn babies and women and teenagers and people like that being killed. What is wrong with you? Let's go to Joe in Jericho, line one. Go ahead, Joe. Freedom, my love, Polish princesses and G.I. Joe in Jericho. I'm going to hit the rapid fire. Just a fact, man, Joe Friday, Dragnet. Here's the deal. Bernie Sanders brought his wife on their honeymoon to Moscow, USSR. He's a communist fool. AOC is an anti-Christian, anti-Semitic witch. Omar has a Palestinian flag on the front door of a congressional office. She was married to her own brother. Ew. And Talith is a witch. They're not the squad. They're the skanks. They're the sporci del mondo. That flag should be taken down. They should be thrown out of office. 
And as for these, let me tell you something. Israel dropped the ball just as we did on 9-11. They have to learn from this. And these are Americans, hostage Italians, and mostly Israelis. And the bottom line is this, Rita. The bottom line is these idiot students in the colleges and in Harvard and CUNY signing these petitions, they should never let this be forgotten because they're their own people. Now, when I was in college and I paid my own grade, this American Marine, I didn't get involved with these idiots because I've always been a moderate, not a conservative, not a liberal. And now on top of it, they want to put these illegal aliens of military age on Fort Wadsworth, the oldest still active U.S. military base in America. And, and, by, and by the way, Joe, as you are talking, I'm glad you brought up the students because I like I don't remember that when I went to school that there were people I couldn't imagine uh, being at a school where there would be people, just as you said, that are condemning Israel right now and that are saying, oh, well, it's warranted what happened because of what they're doing to the Palestinian people. Uh, I, I mean, and not condemning. There was this moment you also talked about AOC. There was a moment where Rashida Tlaib was being followed in the halls of Congress and a reporter saying, can you at least condemn what Hamas has done? These horrible brutalities. She wouldn't answer. They kept asking, kept asking. She wouldn't even answer. Like her silence is deafening. Why is that? That's not a trick question. Do you condemn babies being beheaded and executed? Yes, of course. That's the answer. That's disgusting. It's deplorable. But that seemed like it was a trick question for some of these democratic socialists. And everybody, whether you're Republican or Democrat, Independent, they got to condemn that. These people should not be in Congress. They should not represent the American people. Welcome to. This is New York's talk leader, the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. News first at 59 past the hour. 77 WABC News starts now. 77 WABC News at 59 past the hour. 55 degrees clear on this Friday, October 13th. Good evening. I'm Bob Brown. Breaking news. WABC. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan is the Republican nominee for Speaker of the House. Jordan was selected during a vote behind closed doors Friday afternoon. He defeated Georgia Representative Austin Scott, who made a surprise entrance into the race. To earn the Speaker's gavel, however, Jordan will have to get 217 votes on the floor. This comes after House Majority Leader Steve Scalise withdrew his nomination Thursday night after struggling to secure the necessary support from his own party. I'm Brian Shook. Thousands of demonstrators in Times Square this afternoon over the war in the Mideast. This coming after a former Hamas leader called for a global day of jihad. Israeli and Palestinian supporters clashing. People constantly say there's two sides to the story, but for people that are being oppressed, you cannot stay silent for that. We're here for a reason. It's to free. Cosby is on. Breaking news, WABC. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, word of an update that things are getting a little heated between protesters and those on both sides of the aisle, even though I don't see them being two sides. 
uh, the pro-Palestinian supporters lighting an Israeli flag on fire in New York City as they are apparently facing off with Israeli backers. This was a global day of jihad. Thank goodness there were only a few arrests, uh, but tensions are definitely getting heated as people are wondering what the next few hours and next few days could look like. Uh, Gaza is bracing for what looks like a large-scale Israeli ground operation, and that is expected to potentially happen as early as the next few hours. So we will definitely keep you posted through all of this. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel just a few hours ago saying this is a fight for civilization. Take a listen. Hamas is ISIS. And just as ISIS was crushed, so too will Hamas be crushed. And Hamas should be treated exactly the way ISIS was treated. They should be spit out from the community of nations. No leader should meet them. No country should harbor them. And those that do should be sanctioned. For sure. And the world is watching what is going on. Again, this Hamas leader saying today was going to be a day of rage. Thank goodness. So far, uh, not so bad. There were a number of attacks, uh, but lots of security. If you look at like a place like New York City, even though we are understaffed with police officers, uh, these cuts and counterterrorism. We were talking with Bill Bratton earlier, the former New York City police commissioner. He said from the days when he was there in 2016, he said they are down now. This is incredible. Like three or four thousand officers compared to where he was eight years ago, you know, seven, eight years ago. He's going, uh, wait a minute, we should have more, especially in this climate with all these high threats. So this is a dangerous situation. Our wide open southern border. New reports of those with terror ties coming through the southern border, those tied to Iran, Syria, and Lebanon. Sound familiar? Those are countries we should absolutely be worried about because of ties to Hamas and, of course, ties to Hezbollah, both of which tied directly to Iran. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu saying, get ready because it does look like a ground invasion is going to happen. And he's saying what we have seen, this pounding from the sky that they have done in retaliation for the brutal assaults on the Israeli people that took place now. It's almost been a week since that happened. They have been pounding Gaza from the sky, trying to soften some of these military targets, go after some of their command and control structures of this terrorist group in Gaza. And they know darn well the only way they're going to be able to get the hostages out and to root out some of these main Hamas leaders and really wipe out their infrastructure fully is going in on the ground. It's going to be risky. It's going to be dangerous. And it's going to be bloody. And this is what the prime minister braced his country and the world for just a few hours ago. There will be many difficult days ahead. But I have no doubt that the forces of civilization will win. And the reason that's true is because we understand what is the first prerequisite of victory. It's what you just said in our meeting. Moral clarity. This is a time, a particular time, a special time, 
that we must stand tall, proud, and united against evil. Tony, you are taking that stand. America is taking that stand. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, America, for standing with Israel today, tomorrow, and always. And they truly are fighting for their survival. Again, word tonight coming out that Hezbollah, which is another Iranian-backed terrorist group based in Lebanon, uh, that they are saying, quote, they are prepared and ready to join the fight with Hamas, which is really concerning because that could be putting Israel in a squeeze play, hitting them from both directions. And, of course, we know that the USS Gerald Ford, which is an aircraft carrier, our latest aircraft carrier, our new one, uh, that one is now in the region, in the Mediterranean, that could help with intelligence, um, a lot of other things. We also know there's another strike group that is on its way, the USS Eisenhower. Right now, America is saying they will not send combat troops in. The question is, what happens if Hezbollah hits from the north and it really puts Israel's, you know, basic survival in jeopardy? Right now, we know Israel is the greatest, great military. They have really strong capabilities. They are not asking for American ground forces. They're just asking for support, for munitions, uh, for any help with funding. But they say they are ready to take the fight themselves. Can they do that if they get hit? From Gaza, down there on the left side, and then on the top side, getting hit from Hezbollah, which is much more sophisticated than Hamas. Uh, that's when things get very tricky. And we will, of course, keep you posted because this could happen in a matter of hours. The ground incursion, could that be the reaction that Hezbollah's trying to use to justify their hate and their terrorist attacks on Israel? We shall see. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm, line three. Uh, Norm, this is really tough stuff, and I think the next few days are, are going to be just harrowing. Go ahead. I agree. Um, Rita, the U.N. has not in recent times been a friend of Israel. Uh, one thing I recall is their declaration that Zionism is racism. Nevertheless, Israel will prevail because they're in the right. And I believe it is also biblically prophesied that the Hamas death cult will not win. And mainly the reason why I'm calling is I'm imploring your callers who have friends and family in Israel to please reach out to them, phone or email them to tell them that America stands with them and also they stand with them. And I, I did this tonight with my cousin Yair, who's a major in the IDF oh, wow. and uh, may be deployed. I don't know. I, I sent him the email, and now I'm going to see if I get an answer back. Anyway, um, I'll finish my call with a little Hebrew, and uh, and that is all Jews in your audience will know this expression. Stan and Teddy will for sure. Um, I'm Yisrael Chai, which means live and flourish Israel. And that's it. Oh. And everybody have a Shabbat Shalom. Uh, Norm, uh, thank you uh, for those words of inspiration. And we're going to be praying. I think you said it's your cousin, uh, Major Yair. Um, keep us posted if you hear from him, uh, because it looks like so much of Israel is being called up. We know that at least 300,000 have been called up reservists. Also, you know, it's been incredible, um, Norm, is to see 
these flights coming into Israel that are flooded with people that are coming yeah. in. I mean, it's like they understand that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so inspiring, Norm. I mean, they they understand yeah. this is survival. Mm-hmm. What's your it's, message it's to quite- Yair? If you get a chance to talk to him, what are you going to say? I certainly will. What are you going to say, Norm, if you talk to him? Well, I'm not going to say to him. I say, how the hell are you? And I haven't spoken to him in five years. I mean, this is a long I mean, you know, he lives in Israel. I live here. I don't I don't really, uh, uh, you know, he came to America five years ago. And uh, we uh, we went to Second Avenue Deli and he hated the food because he's Israeli and doesn't eat heavy uh, Ashkenazi. Uh, <laughs> beef, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it was like I, I, I it's like I, I could have taken him to, uh, you know, Burmese fondue, it would have been it would have been a better choice for him. I mean, uh, whatever. Well, I'm sure um, I'm sure he would take uh, I'm sure he'd take it right now. Uh, And we, of course, are praying that he is safe and sound um, because, uh, boy, uh, things are really tough as we are seeing. And I think it's about to sadly get a lot, lot tougher. And, And I agree, by the way, with Benjamin Netanyahu, that this is a fight for survival of civilization, because these people with Hamas, they are fanatics. Uh, they do not care about dying. They kind of say they're going to go to, you know, to Allah and, and, you know, it's a martyrdom. These people are, you know, are just driven by these fanatical beliefs and there will be no stop. So unless they're wiped out, it's like ISIS. And in fact, some people have said they're worse than ISIS. Uh, those who have seen what ISIS did, uh, given what we have seen this barbaric group do in the last few days. Norm, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Mike, line five. Go ahead, Mike, your thoughts on line five. Go ahead, Mike. Rita, this goes to Joe Biden not clamping down on the $6 billion. We have the best satellites in space. You're telling me, not you, but the government's telling us that our spy satellites did not see those paragliders fly in to do the training for that attack on Israel. And this also goes to this. Back in 2014, like you said before, $5 billion, Biden, Obama, $5 billion to Iran. Again, this year, another $6 billion going to Iran. I mean, this tells me one thing about Joe Biden and the Democrats, especially Joe Biden. He, hang, he used to hang out with Robert Byrd. He's an anti-Semite. We people have to wake up. We people have to wake up. I'm sure the CIA must have told Joe Biden through, that they saw through our spy sides those, the Hamas training with those paragliders. And they must have said, questioned it. And they must have said to Joe Biden, hey, don't you think you should tell something to the Israeli intelligence? And, you know, Joe Biden probably said no. I mean, look, look at, the, look at the, how his public stance has been. Everything seems to me anti-Israel, anti-Israel, anti-our our ally. I mean, people wake up. Don't fall for his old man crap, because I really think he's an anti-Semite. And look at all the Democrats. They're with these people who are protesting against Israel. I mean, they're not right-wing conservatives like me that are, that are, that are anti-Israel. I mean, the American people, and you listen, especially the Jewish Democrats who voted for Democrats back then, they're betraying you. Everything from the view to all our politicians, they're all betraying Israel and they're betraying America. God, God knows how many of these, uh, these Hamas and these t- terrorist uh, attackers are in our country now because they left the borders open. 
But back to Israel. Think about it. Our CIA spy sites are the best in space. They saw those paragliders, Hamas terrorists training with those paragliders, training for uh, for something. And they didn't. That they didn't. You know they questioned it. You know they told. They told Joe Biden about it. And Joe Biden, when the CIA said to Joe Biden, hey, should we tell the Israeli intelligence? Joe Biden said, no, don't worry about it. We got it. Yeah, maybe he was too busy dealing with his ice cream. Yeah, You know, Mike, you know, it's interesting because there will be a lot of obviously uh, retrospective as to what went horribly wrong with U.S. intel and obviously with Israeli intel, too. There's some reports now uh, that there were like indications of some activity at the border and that maybe the Israelis didn't take it seriously. Also, by the way, there are calls. uh, This is coming from Senator Marsha Blackburn today, where she's urging President Joe Biden to remove National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, from his White House post because he just recently said, boy, the Mideast is quieter today than it's been in two decades. That was just a few days before the attack. So, you're like you said, either they were aware of something and either they I don't think they would have intentionally missed it. I, I wouldn't go that far, Mike, but I could say that maybe they didn't understand it. They didn't realize it or they just totally missed it because it sounds like Jake Sullivan was clueless about it. And he's supposed to be aware. I mean, Israel is a huge issue. It's our greatest ally in the Middle East. Uh It's an important ally through the world. It's in a pivotal place in the world. They're dealing with Hamas and Hezbollah and all this, as we know. So this is, uh, like you said, it is stunning that they didn't see any of this planning. And the moving of, like, rocket launchers and missiles and, like you said, the the training with the paragliders. I mean, a lot of the other things, too, that apparently now we're getting these Hamas maps uh, that show that they were planning to target schools intentionally they were going after hospitals intentionally they hit some of them we know it uh but that they had it well organized well planned out and it was sort of like a disinformation campaign pretending like they were trying to make peace and be kind of low-key in the gaza strip when they were really heightening up for just an all-out brutal terrorist attack but boy did israel miss it and obviously boy did the u.s miss it I, I failed to believe that they would turn a blind eye, but I, I would also say, Mike, to your point, that the U.S., I really, I personally believe the U.S. in very much is responsible for creating this climate that has emboldened Iran, emboldened, obviously, uh, Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, I think, uh, the dictators and the terrorists of the world have been galvanized by seeing American weakness and seeing the money that this administration has continuously given to Iran from the Biden administration back to Obama. It's a, it's a message of appeasement and it does not work. And now the world's on fire. So I definitely think they have absolutely played a role in that, the Biden administration. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls on this big news night here on the Rita Cosby show right after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. So many 
questions tonight, and clearly the Mideast and the world on edge as Israeli troops are amassing by the minute right there at the border of Gaza. We do know that they already did some pinstrikes today, also some with special operations forces going in. They already went into some of the tunnels where they believe many of the Hamas leaders and possibly some of the hostages, we know they have at least 150 and potentially some Americans for sure. According to Blinken, he said he believes at least 14 Americans are unaccounted for and that some of them are hostages of Hamas. Of course, that is the priority. Go in, try to get them out, try to get at least some or all out alive and take out Hamas. Let's go to Frank in Ontario. Frank, you're watching this. Uh, what are you thinking? Hello, Rita. I'm watching it live right now on Fox, but it, it, it's so heartbreaking of uh, the stories that you hear and you see. And I want to go back a bit saying, um, how do you do that? Like, it, it is so inhumane. It is so ridiculous. It is, by the way. It is. It, it is shocking to the conscience. And that's why I don't even want to call them terrorists. I call them animals. They're barbarians. And that's why they have to be eradicated. There can't be any gray. It is good versus evil. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a very powerful story coming from Dana Point, California, where after a four-year absence due to the pandemic, the coaches, changes, and many other things, Dana Hills High School carried on their tradition of its Honor the Valor Night, and it returned in dramatic glory a few days ago. Uh, the Dolphins at Dana Hills High School honored military veterans from all branches, including a Gold Star family, with pregame ceremonies and a complete effort victory over the finishing line against their contending school. Now, prior to the game, the Dana Hills football team received a rousing locker room speech from attending veterans. And on the field, the players met with their assigned veteran and exchanged special jerseys with the player's number and the veteran's name on the back. Those folks there in Dana Hills said that this is an important tradition that they want to always honor and that what they do on the field is special, but nothing compared to what these veterans have done and sacrificed for our country. What a beautiful thing that they are seeing real-life heroes who are inspiring them in the field, but also these individuals who I think are role models for everybody, not just those playing football. So how beautiful to see that high school honoring our great veterans, which is something that we do every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking, of course, about the U.S. military always, but I am uh, bracing because let's see, first of all, what happens with the Israeli military. It looks like they are about to start a ground incursion And then the U.S. military, we know the strike force. We know that the USS Gerald Ford, the big aircraft carrier there, is in the area uh, standing by to provide intelligence and some support. 
They are also waiting to see what happens with Hezbollah. Will that terrorist group enter Israel and try to attack it from the north? We don't know. They have very, very sophisticated weaponry. The scary thing about Hezbollah is there are reports that Hezbollah has weaponry and has missiles that can actually make it all the way into any city in Israel. And that's why if they decide to get involved in this fight, and tonight in the last few hours, there are reports that they are saying that they plan to get into this fight and side with Hamas, that could be utter destruction. And that could be really a game changer in this fight and broaden the war on so many different levels. So we'll, of course, keep you posted with that very, very serious development. Meantime, as we're watching the way that the media covers it, there were folks in Canadian broadcasting that said, you know what, to staffers, don't use the word terrorist. It's not politically correct. I'm sorry. Uh, What do you want to use, barbarians? Is that a better word? No, you should what? Call them what? Uh, uh, nice guys with guns who kill babies? I mean, you know, I mean, what do you want? This is so crazy. They're trying to be politically correct when you're dealing with, as we were just talking about with Sandra, the worst of the worst atrocities that are happening that are unconscious. I mean, they're, they're like beyond the figment imagination. They are so brutal, so horrific. And people are saying they're worse than ISIS. Can you imagine ISIS, those folks who beheaded uh, American journalists who did so many other things like Al Qaeda did. And yet people are saying these are worse. These are real just savages. And we're supposed to worry what word we use to describe them. You've got to be kidding me. And listen, here's a little bit of the media. First off, I want to play the contrast. Listen to the way the media described the January 6th, what they called terrorists. On January 6th, 2021, Domestic terrorists the president has empowered for years stormed the Capitol. On January 6th, and then once the terrorists stormed the Capitol, he did everything but intervene. January 6th, there's a lot of domestic terrorists. This process of the terrorists who attacked the Capitol on January 6th. The entire Republican Party apparatus has decided to wrap their arms around domestic terrorists. They had no problem using the word terrorist then when it had to do with Americans who were there at the Capitol on January 6th. And yet somehow they're kind of like coddling Hamas. Are you kidding me? Not all media, but there's a number that are, including, by the way, MSNBC seems to every night they're like putting up. Here's the Palestinian deaths. Oh, and by the way, there were a few Israeli, it seems like. And it's like, if you look, no wonder their ratings are going through the tank. They have actually lost a lot of ratings since this war started because people are going, are you kidding me? What kind of planet are they on? Listen to some members of the media now describing Hamas. There are two million civilians who live in the Gaza Strip under the control of the Hamas militants. The residents of border cities describe the terror of Hamas militants entering their neighborhoods, coming into their homes. I want you to listen to a distraught father describe the moment he realized Hamas militants had abducted his wife his two daughters, and his mother-in-law. So domestic terrorists, if you were near the Capitol on January 6th, and Hamas gets the word militant when they're going and slaughtering women and children. You know, if this doesn't just say to you, are you, you know, I, I, this is unconscionable. Media, wake up. 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line five. Uh, Jacqueline, when you hear the media, what a contrast. I mean, this is just, it, this is really like insanity. Well, you know, Rita, it doesn't surprise me. Um, and I'm starting to believe more and more what a lot of uh, people are saying. This is all part of the uh, global initiative. Um, and to follow up on what one of your previous callers, Mike, was talking about with all of the money over the years that have gone to Iran, you know, since January of 2021, coincidence or not, when Joe Biden took the Oval Office, Iran has launched about 78 attacks on U.S. positions in Syria, where there are about 900 U.S. soldiers in the northeastern part of Syria. And um, going back just less than seven months ago, Iranian, an Iranian-made drone struck also in northeast Syria, killing a U.S. contractor, wounding another U.S. contractor, and wounding five American troops. And, you know, I heard uh, Kevin McCarthy on with you earlier today on Katz and Cosby, and he made a statement that the U.S. government needs to stop funding Iran. That is completely true. They need to stop funding Iran permanently. You know, you pointed out Syria, Iran, and Lebanon. None of them can be trusted. They will never change. Uh, a word of caution, as I always say, a snake is always a snake, and a snake will always continue to bite. But I'd like to ask you a question, Rita. I, I, I would love for you to respectfully ask constitutional lawyer Alan Dershowitz why he would continue to vote for Democrats, specifically for Joe Biden against President Trump, when he is very well educated and he seems to realize how the Democrats have and are continuing to destroy the U.S. and the world. You know what, actually, uh, and we've had uh, him on, obviously, a bit since this started. I have not asked him that question. And you're right, even through no matter all these things uh, over the last few years, he has maintained that he would still vote for Joe Biden. But I'll be curious if if he hedges a little bit now after what has happened. I mean, because he is so passionate about supporting Israel. He's so furious about this sort of appeasement towards Iran. Um, and you're right. Um, you know, uh, it'll be an interesting. I'll, I'll, I will ask him because he's, as you said, he's a very educated guy. Um, I guess, you know, it's because he's always been a Democrat. Maybe he would say, I'll stay home. Uh, next go round, you know, or maybe it's a honor to party. Who knows? But I, I agree with you. It's, it's a worthy question because he certainly has been incredibly, um, incredibly staunch in his support of Israel and, and very passionate about what's going on in these schools and to see members of the squad and the democratic socialists and so forth. So Jacqueline, next time I get him on, I definitely will ask him. Thank you for the question. Let's go to Teddy line six. Uh, Teddy, uh, tough times ahead, and this weekend may be a real tough one. Yeah, I'll be at synagogue tomorrow. And, uh, Absolutely. Talk- By the way, say a huge prayer for, of course, the Israeli people and Jewish people around the world, and, and all freedom-loving people, Teddy, I think, around the world. You know, anybody who loves freedom uh, has got to be just so worried right now. I'll say a prayer for Norm's uh, cousin. Who's yeah, please do. Yair is his name. By the way, are, are you concerned at all about security? Because there has been heightened security. I, I didn't think one minute of it. I'm a Good. strong guy. 
I mean, I'm, I'm in physically very good shape. I, even though I have one eye, I can handle myself. I boxed when I was young. I was in the Golden Gloves. I don't talk about it, okay? And uh, I can handle myself, but that doesn't mean that I'm not alert at all times, okay? You have to be in this day and age and specifically with what's going on. But I'd like to ask you this. How do you account for people like uh, Talib and people that are demonstrating on in Times Square to not condemn the barbarism of people killing women, raping women, and decapitating kid babies' heads. Even I, I, one of your callers tonight said, and you agreed, no Israeli soldier would ever decapitate a baby's head. Ted, let me let me turn it around to you because I know that uh, I think you're a Democrat from some of your other calls. What? Why would you vote? You know, we just heard from Jacqueline saying, "Hey, ask Alan Dershowitz next time we talk to him." Do you have different thoughts? I mean, you know, I, a lot of these people represent New York. You're a New Yorker. I do. I, I do. And uh, I would. I was going to ask you this. I, sometimes you know you have thoughts in your mind, but you can't remember everything. Why? With the constituents of Bernie Sanders, I think he's from New Hampshire or Vermont. What Vermont, Vermont, Vermont. Why would the, his constituents, even though they're Democrats or they might be liberal, why would they still vote for him? Because I know that they wouldn't be for what's going on with Hamas. I agree. I agree. Why would uh, they vote well, for him? that's why, why you know, Teddy. Teddy, I actually, I think what's going to be telling is in these next elections and so many different levels. Uh, of course, there's like city council coming up in New York and a lot of local and state elections that are coming up. And then, of course, next year is the biggie with the presidential and many of the members of Congress. But it's going to be really telling to see because a lot of these people made these comments. Like, remember, um, I, it was Ilhan Omar who said on 9-11, after 9-11, somebody did something on 9-11. Well, does she think somebody did something uh, to Israel at the, at the music festival. Uh, you know, I, but it, but it, it, it was like this shocking comment and then she made other shocking comments. But I think this, what has happened in the last week has been just so raw and so horrible. And I, I thought the 9-11 was repulsive. I, I found anybody who's made those comments over the last three years, you know how much of, I'm such a huge supporter of, the uh, Israeli state and the Israeli people and the Jewish people. I, I detest when I see anti-Semitism. Um, and so for me, I've always been repulsed by it, but I think it's just become so blaring and so transparent. It was sort of in these little pockets before, um, but it'll be very telling in the next election. If folks who maybe in the past might've voted for them or discounted a comment. And now that it's just right there in everybody's face and the fact that, like, Rashida Tlaib, Teddy, I couldn't believe this, was getting chased down the hall by a reporter saying, are you going to condemn these brutal assaults by Hamas? She wouldn't answer. Like, she was afraid to condemn them. You're a member of Congress. You got elected and you have a problem condemning savages who've raped women and beheaded babies. I mean, I, I, this is not a trick question. And I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see. I think 
Uh, I think hopefully a lot of people will think twice. I don't think any of those people should be in Congress if they can't answer, I detest that and the world must condemn it. Anything short of that, they should not be in Congress. Do you agree, Ted? Absolutely, 1,000%. And Bernie Sanders, I'm ashamed of you. You're a self-hating Jew. Yeah, I'm shocked at his uh, at his rhetoric, and I'm shocked at AOC and all these others. Uh, it is it is absolutely shameful. Teddy, thank you. Great to talk with you, and uh, and say a big prayer this weekend too. Thank you so much. Let's go to Alex in California, Line Five. Alex, hi. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to respond to Biden's comment that he's blaming Hamas and not the Palestinians. Well. Uh, no one imposed the Hamas government on the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. That government existed and has existed for many years because that's what the Palestinians support. So they are responsible for the actions of that government. Just like we in the United States, us Americans are responsible for our government when we went into Iraq and made the mistake of committing a war there. So we have to blame the Palestinians. They have to be held responsible. And well, and, and, and Alex, and Alex, you bring up, uh, well, a couple of good points. First off, obviously not all Palestinians voted for Hamas, but your point is correct. They did elect him in. Obviously a majority of them did, um, because it was a considered a fairly free and fair election. They had a choice at that point and they picked Hamas. Um, and obviously we know who Hamas is. It's not like they've changed their stripes. That's exactly who they've always been. They've always been barbaric thugs. Um, and you're right. Uh, if you pick a barbaric thug, uh, obviously you don't have that much of a problem with them. And from what we've heard, it wasn't like, again, some of these other elections where, where it's like, a, oh, let's pretend it's a democratic, but it's really not. Like in Russia, if you vote against Putin, it's like you're lucky you're alive the next day. You know, in this case, it seemed like from all accounts, it was a fair election. They picked Hamas. I remember the moment when I saw that. I, I, years ago, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I'd spent time in the region, and I thought, oh, God, how could you pick this? How could you pick Hamas? I knew uh, that it, it was such a horrible message uh, to the world that they picked him. And you're right. Uh, those who sided with Hamas, I'm sure not everybody, obviously, in the, you know, in the Palestinian territory there in Gaza. I hope anybody who completely disagrees with Hamas gets the heck out of there because there's limited time because you hate to see anybody caught in the crossfire and it's going to be ugly and it's going to be brutal. But you know what says a lot about Hamas tonight is the fact that as Israel is dropping flyers and dropping messages, which is a heck of a lot more than Hamas did when they came in and slaughtered women and children and that gruesome surprise attack that they did. No holds bars, uh, like the epitome of barbarianism. They instead, the Israelis are dropping, you know, flyers saying, get out, you know, get out. You have 24 hours of northern Gaza. Get out. We suggest you leave, you know, telegraphing it, dropping these flyers from the air, telling them, giving them advance notice. And Hamas is saying tonight, stay put to them. What does that say about Hamas and them caring about their own people? They don't care. They are willing to kill anybody, including their own people, for their own barbarism and their own terroristic goals. And that says that speaks volumes. And I hope nobody there in the Palestinian territory supports them in the future. If they love freedom, they will never support Hamas ever again. And I hope they've left the good people uh, because it's going to get really ugly. 
1-800-848-9222. And we'll finish with your calls, everybody, after the break on this big news night. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, of course, every city in America on alert, watching out, especially at synagogues and Jewish schools, because people are very, very concerned. Protests also taking place, again, as we mentioned, in Times Square. There was a big march from there to the U.N. Mission, which is on 2nd Avenue in New York. And these are taking place all over the country. And some of the you know, vitriol coming from those, the counter protesters that are showing up. There's some that are obviously very peaceful, pray for Israel. And then suddenly these other groups are coming on so far, just it's verbal. There hasn't been just a few arrests. Uh, thank goodness things at least were calm, but some of just the rhetoric is downright stunning. And to the point that even Teddy was just asking, uh, where are these people that are shouting, you know, I salute Hamas and some of them on American college campuses. There was also a report that a Starbucks union worker group was talking about supporting Hamas. And then they took the tweet down after they got pressure. But a group and it was apparently representing thousands of Starbucks workers. I just want my coffee. Don't sit there and talk about How you hate Israel? Are you kidding me? Again, I think, you guys, there is no gray here. I agree with Benjamin Netanyahu. This is a fight for civilization. And I agree that this is good versus evil. This could be a huge, huge weekend. Make sure that you stay tuned to us because this could be the time where Israel goes in what looks like an imminent ground invasion. We will, of course, keep you posted on everything. Pray for Israel, everybody. Definitely pay, play, and pray and everything you can do. Teddy, go to the synagogue, as you said. Definitely pray for Israel and pray for those courageous fighters who are trying to wipe Hamas from the face of this earth. Have a good weekend.